Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. I am actually joined by both Keith Sargent and James Crash today. It's a July miracle, fellas. I've missed you both. You know, we, between coronavirus and vacations and everything else going on in the world, we just haven't had this bonding time. It's I'm lonely. I I I, I need I need your camaraderie, Sarge. The band is back together. The band is packed together. Crash is on the uh, the, the kazoo. Um, I'm on the banjo. What do you got? What do you got, Polity? <laughs> I'm a lead singer, of course. I've got new musical talent. I can't play an instrument. I'll hum into the harmonica a little bit. All right. A lot of talk about here uh, uh, because, you know, we're in this weird zone now where we just have no idea what's going to happen uh, with the college football season, you know, Two months ago, if you had asked me, I would have felt pretty good about it happening. Now I've got absolutely no hope it's going to happen. There's just so many different scenarios of what might happen. Let's just break the whole thing down. And, you know, I, I think we should start with that very basic question, gentlemen. I'm going to put it to you right away. Give me your percentage. We're talking a football season that begins in September. What percentage do you think that's going to happen, Sarge? Twenty percent, twenty in the fall. Twenty okay. percent um, might be 20%. even lower. And that, I mean, I talked to, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we all read, you know, Keith Amel's story. We 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 see the press releases. We see the program shutting down. We see the pretty much the out the out clause that the Big Ten gave in their statement yeah. when they went when they went down to uh, down to conference only schedule. Um, but then I talked to someone, wasn't even a Rutgers official, but you know another Power Five school, and I asked uh, their percentage, and they said zero percent. So now this person, <laughs> by nature, is a pessimist. But um, you know, so twenty percent. You know, I might be an optimist at twenty percent, but um, with every passing day, you just see the national numbers, and you see. You know, the states, New Jersey is doing, doing doing relatively well. You and I both covered this extensively at a time when, when it was doing terribly. Now now the numbers are doing a lot better. But, you know, the hardest hit states, uh, Politi, are, are some of the, uh, you know, the blue blood uh, states when it comes to college football. Florida, Texas, um, you know, throughout the entire country, you know, I think we're, we're more than half the states are, are, are seeing uh, surges. So it's just not a good sign at this point. Now, 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 
Sorry, you certainly know this. Cratch, you might not know this, but I'm a big fan of the TV game show Card Sharks. And on Card Sharks, when Sarge answers 20%, for you to get control of the cards, you have to go higher or lower than that to get control and win and see if you can win money in the big, in the big board. So you're going to go higher than 20 or lower than 20%? I will go higher. Higher than 20%. Yeah. I'm higher. What number would you say? What number would you say? I'm going to shock people when you guys are going to mock me, and I'll probably come to regret this in a couple weeks. I'm at I'm at 50%. I think it's a coin toss. You think it's a coin toss even now? Okay, why? Yes, I, because, because – so this is not a perfect metric by any stretch of the imagination. I added up all the publicly known testing numbers we've gotten from Big Ten schools. Some schools, like Rutgers, won't release their testing info. Some schools have released it as recently as Monday morning. Some have released it as recently as two weeks ago. Others, like Nebraska, haven't released official numbers, but they basically gave a guesstimate to local media. It was about 3,000 tests total. The positivity rate was 2.2% for all these tests involving athletes, coaches, staff members. The World Health Organization, and I tweeted this the last two days, says that 5% positivity rate is kind of like a magic number where if you're five or below, that's good, and you can kind of begin to reopen, and if you're over five, that's where it's bad. Now, only four Big Ten states are under five right now, but with the exception of like Iowa, but only four of them are of the 11 are on the tri-state travel advisory, and some of them, like Ohio, uh, I believe Maryland is one, they appear to be kind of stagnant or on the decline. So I just feel like if there's a 2.2% positivity rate, and it's probably higher because we don't know Ohio State's number. But even Maryland, when they shut down workouts the other day, they were sub five with their results. I just feel like unless a government says you cannot play the season, there's a complete outbreak or somebody has a big spike in a positivity rate. I just feel like these schools are going to push through. And that's why I think that given the, the Big Ten state – I think it's entirely possible we get to September and the SEC – is not playing at all. But the Big Ten is just because they have boxed themselves into a conference schedule now, and their states seem to be doing better. But it's 2.2% now. This, they haven't even started, really. I mean, the, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we haven't even gotten them all here. We haven't even. No, I agree. But my question is look, and we'll discuss this later. I am waiting for the press release to come out that, hey, we're, we're, we're canceling all sports but football. And two, you know, Rutgers is not really going to have students on campus. If these other Big Ten schools move that way to save football, which is what they probably are going to do, I almost feel like once the players get on campus, if they keep the testing, if they keep the positivity rate down, they might have a shot to start the season. And at that point, if they get four games in and then have to shut it down, that makes it a lot easier to restart in the spring and still have a normal fall 2021, which is why I think their goal has to be. Right. I, I guess that is Sarge, you know, the one thing about that. It, it, they, it was, there's a chance they could start it, and if they get if they get some games in, it's better than no, no games in, just from a, a strict TV perspective. And that was one quote from the, again we mentioned this through the P family for for Yahoo Sports wrote just just yeah. a complete negative look on everything that's going on, and so many different voices in college sports are just you know kind of writing off the prospect of the season. But there was one te television executive quoted who said that they will keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it because they, 
you know, it doesn't matter when it happens, they have to have programming to get that money. Uh, what do you think about that scenario, Sarge? Is that is that something that's possible? Yeah, I mean, I think that, first off, I think the 2.2% uh, number is, is flawed only because, like you said, a lot of schools are not announcing them, um, for one. Uh, you know, I mean, who knows? If you're not announcing it, you, you know, you could probably assume at this point that that it's higher than 2.2 percent that there's a reason why they're not announcing it because if they if they did have positive you know if they did have good numbers to report they they would so uh the 2.2 number I, either way um yeah. we're, we're we're talking about uh, let's be clear here okay that that if 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 this, if this wasn't about the money which i understand why why we're to this point and when, you know, it's not like, you know, Pat Hobbs or, or 80s, at, you know, other schools are just pocketing the money. But the concern here with, with presidents and 80s on that level is they need a football season to get the TV money in order not to cut sports, in order not to have mass layoffs. You're seeing schools that are cutting their, their communications department, are cutting so many jobs. We are looking at a complete just a teardown of the college athletics model if, if there's not a college football season in some form. So I get it. If, if we were just talking about, you know, being rational about this, they would not play a college football season. You're talking about college athletes who are not being compensated. They're not being paid. They're not, you know, the NBA. They're not professional you know, athletes that were getting compensated. Spare me the talk about that, they're, that they get a free education. Don't even go there. If you're being rational about it, they would not have a season. But Cratch is right. I mean, we, we've gotten to this point where they're, they're, they want to do everything they can to get some semblance of that TV money. And, you know, if, if, if they could get three or four games before they shut down, before they bring their their, their, camp, their, their players back, then they, they have to see that their entire offensive line or their entire defensive line, um, you know, got it and they have to shut down. And then you see, uh, you know, mass casualties in that, in that form. Uh, I think they're going to try to uh, push it. Uh, there's a possibility. I think they'll, they'll, they'll try to push it. That's why, that, that's why I'm at 20%. Otherwise, if you're being rational about it, it, it would be a 0%. It's sort of fascinating, too. And, then, you know, when you talk about the, the, the different scenarios we've heard, scenario one we just talked about would be season starts in September, get some number of games in. That would be what the, the, the plan is, just charge into it. Scenario two, and this is a lot of people say, well, why don't you just start, start it in the spring? I haven't seen much enthusiasm for that from people either. I mean, you know, Kratz, from what you've read and people you've talked to, do you think that if this thing falls apart in – the next few weeks, is there a chance that there's spring football? They're going to wait, just wait it out until December and see what's happening in the world. I mean, what, what happens then in scenario two? I think there's a chance that there's spring football, but honestly, if, if I had to, I would say, I think it's more likely that there's no football period and that the TV networks basically bail out big time college football. Totally agree. You know, then yep. there's spring because when we were talking about spring football in like March, April, when this was all starting, I think the idea people had was, well, if we have a spring season, you know, training camp's going to start right after Thanksgiving and we're going to play, you know, January 1 and we're going to basically be done by the time March Madness is over. And then even then, if you said, okay, maybe we only play 10 games in the fall instead of 12, you're still going to have a relatively normal fall season with a relatively normal off-season break. But if you're not starting until March or April, 
you you can't have these kids play 30 games in two in you know nine months which is what you know like a Clemson or an Alabama might be looking at so I, I just think that the spring season's a non-starter I think like if, if you are if you're the Big Ten, you could probably have a spring season, but you'd have to say, okay, we're only going to play conference only this spring and in the fall of 2021. And you have to take yourself, in my opinion, out of the competition for a bowl game or the college football playoff, which not they're not going to do. I actually think we would be better off for college football this year if the college football playoff announced that they were suspending, they were not going to have a college football playoff this year and there were going to be no bowl games. Because that way you could just play as many games as you can, work with your TV partners, and move on. Sarge, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's so much money in the college football playoff crash that I don't think that any anybody wants know, to see that it, scenario. Plus, but if you expand it to eight her, next year, plus from a TV standpoint, I mean, you have to be playing for something. That's the whole lure of of, of right. you know of, why are you watching it if there's if there's not meaning to 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 the uh, conclusion of the season. Um, again, I mean, I, I, I Cratch makes some good points. He's an optimist. I, I, you know, I respect that. There's nothing to be clear. There's nothing I would rather do. I know Politi probably uh, feels the same way after, you know, for three, four months of covering this, of talking to uh, nurses and, and talking to EMTs and talking to funeral directors and doing all the things that we've done to cover this. There's nothing I would rather do than cover uh, college football. All that being said, we're, we're we're looking at the NBA with the the, the struggles. And, you know they put you know 150 million dollars into this bubble scenario, and they're already having ha- having issues. You know uh, you know MLB has been a, a joke when it comes to to its testing and and and, uh, and and the number of players who have tested positive and and the number of players who have actually bailed out on it. That's the other thing. I mean you know, we haven't even gotten to that point where where. Uh, college athletes, college football players, you know, just say no, or you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I mean, that that is going to happen. I mean, there were college football players who were bailing out of bowl games in order to pursue the NFL draft, and that was just, the, you know, because they were they're they're thinking about their NFL futures. There is going to be a a huge amount of of, of college football players who are just not going to take part of it. They're going to uh, keep their scholarship. The Big Ten has already said that all, you know, any athlete who 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 opts out. Is allowed to, to is entitled to keep their scholarship. We're 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 just scratching at the surface of issues right now. Um, the the one thing is that we do uh, you know have a sense of are are a lot of these conferences. Three of the five Power Five have have said probably by August first is when is is when they're 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 uh, gonna give either green light or or put a stop to it. Uh, so I guess there's probably hope that maybe in the next two weeks that uh, we we we, you know, we see. Some of these cases go down, but you know, Steve. I mean, I'll ask you. You haven't covered this. Do you have any hope in society that that all of a sudden that these numbers are going to you know start start leveling out? I have very low hope in society right now. Sorry, to say the least. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have less hope in society than I do hope for a college football season. Um, No, of course not. No, I mean, we've failed on every level. We failed on. You know, this is not a political podcast, so I won't mention names, but we failed on a national level to, to get a, 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 a way to solve this thing. We failed on a local level, people making mass political. The whole thing has just been one massive failure. We don't deserve college football, essentially, is where we're at now, which is very sad to say, but it's the truth. And, you know, and that's why I think if you're talking about the three scenarios when you're looking at, you know, 
having the season start in the fall, I give I give it less than twenty percent. I give it a five percent chance, and then I think wow. it's just going to keep we're going to keep on pushing it, but keep on punting, punting, punting until you know we're going to have to face the reality that you know th- there is a good chance we don't have college sports at all this year. That's where I think we are because of the exactly what you say. Because I just don't see any way that with the trends the way they're going that all of a sudden. You know that it's just it's going to get magically better, and and there's gonna, there's not going to be an appetite for pe- for educators to say, hey, let's have let's have college football, even though we don't have you know the new president of Rutgers is going to have only five percent of his students on campus, but he's going to have a college football team playing. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So I mean, and if that happens, and I throw this one out to you because that's scenario three. I mean, what happens to what happens to Rutgers? What happens to college football? I mean, what if, if there is no sports this year? You know, Sarge, I know you're working on the story. Give me the doomsday scenario yeah. as to what this thing looks like. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. Um, you know, in, in, I'm looking at some of the the the, uh, the financial ledgers, you know, dating back to like the mid 2000s, and and in, in the most recent numbers uh, are, give us the, the fiscal year 2019. So it's a 2018 football season. That year, Rutgers spent 27 million dollars on football. 27 million dollars on football, and a, a lot of that is, is cost that. that is already uh, like it's already spent. Uh, whether it's uh, you know coaching salaries back in 2018, 2018, 19, it, it was um, uh, between um, head coach, assistant coaches, support staff. It was almost 11 million. It's probably closer to 15 now under uh, under Shiano. You're talking about five million in scholarships. You're mm-hmm. talking, you know, a lot of this money is 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 just already spent. So, you know, at least over 20 million easy, you know, probably closer to 25 million that, that, that is, is, you know, just, you know, spent on football. There's nothing that you're going to get, get back now, you know, ticket sales, uh, 2018, they, they, they made 8 million. That was low. I think even if there is a football season, the idea that they're going to be able to to get fans into the stands probably is, you know, if I'm at 20% for a football season, I'm at like, like 2% that there's going to be fans in the stands that are going to be able to sell any tickets. So, you know, we're talking spending $25 million on football alone, and we're talking about, you know, not being able to generate ticket sales. We're not, we're, we're talking about program sales, you know, contributions, you know, the seat gifts, all, all those types of things before you even get to the, you know, the, 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 the magic number that everyone's worried about is the uh, conference distri- distribution, which, you know, for most big 10 schools, is about 35, 40 million. Rutgers won't get the full share this year, but you know we're still talking over twenty million. So, you know, if that's not if if, if those numbers uh, don't don't come to fruition, we're talking about a huge number um, at a school that's already you know, at a program that's already heavily subsidized. Um, you know, you'd have to expect at that point. I, I know Pat Hobbs has has said all the right things with regards to cutting sports. You know, doesn't have the appetite for it. But at that point, you're probably talking about a scenario where where you know whether it's a cutting altogether or maybe a suspension of sports, like what Tulane did uh, after uh, Katrina. They, they they suspended some of their their, their sports programs. Um, you know, and and you know, hopefully not. But I mean, you know, the reality is, you know, layoffs and all that type of thing that we just don't even want to think about. What a disaster! Just a total disaster it would be. And think and and Cratch and 
Sarge took it from the, the broader perspective of, you know, just the, the overall money. What happens yeah. just to the football program? Uh, well, I can't figure out if there's no season, do they offer the seniors to come back? And then you have the incoming freshman class. I mean, how do they reconcile, you know, what happens in 2021 if there's no football season? Well, I would say that I, I think it would be probably like the, the similar situation we saw with the spring sports where your scholarship numbers go up for a year. Uh, everyone gets a, a year of eligibility back. You're going to have some seniors who don't come back. You're, you know, one thing is, you know, very quietly, even if you're a, a football senior and you've been there at Rutgers for five, four or five years, if you get a year of eligibility back, you're, you, the scholarship, they probably can kind of usher you out. So you're probably going to, I don't know if, if every senior on the roster now would return next year. Guys might go on to do something different, you know, move on in life. They might go to a different place to play, something like that. I will say this. If there's a spring season, I think the NCAA has to come out immediately and say, kids who are seniors in high school now who early enroll – are not eligible to play in the spring season. I think because these are going to be high school kids who haven't played a high school football season, and also we're going to be throwing them into Division One college football right. on the fly in, in like March. That can't work. Uh, to, to get back to what Sarge said about cutting sports, I mean, the, the thing I had always heard about cutting sports and people who you know are in the industry is that you don't really save money now, which is when you need to save money. You you save money three, four years down the road because you have to honor scholarships and you have to pay out coaches. And more often than not, the sports you're cutting, like for instance, and I'm using football because it would never get cut. And I don't want to use a sport that could get cut and freak people out. If you cut a football program, most of your 80, you know, 85 scholarship football players are going to go play football somewhere else, and most of your coaches are going to go coach somewhere else, and there's going to be offsets. If you cut a pro, the programs that you are cutting, some of these kids are going to say, you know what, I'm going to keep my scholarship and just be a student. And some of those coaches who were only making 90 grand, if they got three years left, they're going to take their payout and be a stay-at-home parent for three years, you know? So you don't save the money, and, and you also make a lot in tuition costs on these programs. So if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some schools start adding sports. You know, what's the easiest way for, for a Division three school to make up a budget gap? Add a football program, because you've got 150 high school boys who can't give up playing football who suddenly want to pay $40,000 a year to go to your liberal arts school. Interesting way of looking at it. <clears throat> Certainly, Stanford, Stanford folks would disagree there right now. Then, then they're the well, one of the so preeminent. Let me get to, so let me get to Stanford. So, my understanding with Stanford is that they, it just seems to me like those were sports that they were looking to get rid of anyway. You know, like squash, synchronized swimming, because they, they're willing to save the money four years down the road. They don't need to save it now, which is a school like Rutgers would need to save now. And I think that. My understanding is that field hockey, which I believe was like an affiliate member of an East Coast conference, and wrestling, unfortunately, got swept up in it as a Title IX thing to kind of balance out their numbers. But I, I don't think Stanford – I know everyone said, oh, my God, Stanford, largest endowment, you know, you know they value – they win the, the Director's Cup, you know, 30 years in a row. Oh, my God, the world is ending. I don't think that's necessarily a canary in a coal mine that everything's about to fall apart. All right, guys, want to do some true or false? I have a couple here for you. What the heck? Sure. In a while. I can't wait. All right. I can't wait. You know the rules. True or false? I'll give you a topic and you tell me true or false, and then we'll discuss. All right. True or false? 
Army-Navy on the Big Ten schedule. Good idea. Cratch, true or false? I'm going to say true, but no one actually read what I wrote, so we have to discuss this. <laughs> Sorry, true or false? Uh, is it for football or for just all, all, all sports uh, in general? Uh, football. I think it's a good idea. Cratch made a lot of good points. I, I, he sold me on it. True. You say true. I think that just nonsense, false. Okay. Uh, true or false? Rutgers is in better shape financially than Ohio State if there's no season. Cratch. False. Sarge? Um, I, I understand the question. That's <laughs> why. But I'm going to say false because, I mean, we're still talking about a very heavily subsidized uh, yeah. program to begin with. Okay. True or false? Uh, Noah, Noah Vedral will be the starting quarterback for the TBD opener. Cratch. <laughs> I'll say true. All right. Sarge? Sure. True. True? Okay. Yeah, it's probably true at this point. Yeah. This is, since it's going to be in four years, we, we'll have to know who's going to be. All right. True or false? You would feel safe at a sporting event right now. Cratch. True or false? True. Oh, wow. Okay. Sarge? Is that your dog? <laughs> is that your dog, Cratch? Yes, it is. My dog, what? I said the mute button by accident. Hazel, Hazel also would feel safe at a uh, sporting you, event. Are you, are you choking the, the poor thing? It, it didn't sound good there, Sarge. No, no. She, she's you just playing, not. and she okay. chose this moment to be vocal. That was the first, okay. That was the first appearance by a canine animal on the podcast. Very exciting. All right. So you said false, Sarge, to the feeling safe? I say, yeah, I say false. Yeah, I'm not yeah, putting myself in a, in a crowd right now. Right. So along those lines, true or false, we won't have a college basketball season until there's a vaccine. True or false? Cratch. False. Sarge? False. But if there is a college basketball season, no way they have fans. And in, in, I, I think, like I said, I think there's a chance that, that they're going to try to get, squeeze some fans in the football games, but there is no chance they're having indoor you know, events with, with fans. All right. True or false? Rutgers is a women's soccer school. Big recruiting class. True or false? Cratch. <laughs> it's one of many. It's true. It's one of many things Rutgers is excelling at. All right. <laughs> and that's why Army and Navy, we'll, we'll get to that, but that's why it would be a good idea to add Army and Navy to the Big Ten. Sarge. <laughs> true. <laughs> They're not adding Army and Navy to the Big Ten. So, but it would make perfect sense for God, this. Makes, for this year only? For this year only, yes. Look, here's the deal. The Army and Navy were given an exemption from the Patriot League because athletic competition is an integral part of the campus culture. And, and basically, if you extrapolate it out, defending the nation, okay? It's important. It's part of the, the, the development and training and learning of the cadets. You know, every cadet at West Point and, and the Naval Academy has to participate in a varsity sport or a, a core squad sport. Like, they have to participate in some sort of athletic endeavor. There are going to be sports on these campuses. So if you're the Big Ten, one, I, I mean, I just think it's it's good practice to, to help out the service academies in a, a time of national crisis. But two, this conference-only approach makes absolutely no sense for the Olympic sports. The idea that Rutgers men's soccer can't play Syracuse, can't play Princeton, can't play Temple, can't play St. Joe's, but we're going to put them on a plane to Iowa. And granted, I, I don't, 
I'll know off the top of my head if that's one of the nine Big Ten soccer schools. It escapes me. But you know, or the women's soccer. There's 14 women's soccer programs. So uh, we're now going to increase the t- travel cost during a pandemic to fly the Rutgers women's soccer team to play Nebraska. You know, and, and others. So, but if you add Army and Navy to the fold in Olympic sports for a year, you then you suddenly have four neatly organized geographic quads. So Rutgers can go play home and home with Army and Navy in Maryland. They can even play two sets of home and homes. So you know, you could have a full schedule where everyone just gets on a bus. I actually mapped it out. I am no bus trip inside one of the four quads would be longer than like five and a half hours. That's no, pretty good. But no, and you no act, because, because my in the point of college sports has been made for anything but football in, since like 1973. I mean, there's no I one. I understand that, but I I just think it's going to be an optical nightmare if they come out and say we're going to play football during this pandemic, but cross country, a sport that literally involves running in the woods, <laughs> can't be played. I don't know. There, hey, there are squirrels with the bubonic plague. Okay, Cratch. You know, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the danger in those woods. <laughs> a sport that literally is involves running in the woods away from people. Can't do it, guys. But we're going to play football. So that's my thing. And look, and uh, it wouldn't be for football. Navy is a member of the American. Army should be able to still cobble together an independent schedule. But you know what? I know fans are like, oh, my God, chop blocks. Triple option. If the United States Military Academy needs help putting a football schedule together during a national crisis, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Big Ten to give them a helping hand. Mm-hmm. I think history would look fondly upon that decision by Kevin Barr. All right, you make a compelling argument. Um, do you agree, Sarge, with the uh, the, Stanf- the idea that uh, if Stanford is cutting sports, then then Rutgers will have to consider it too? Or are you, are you on the other side of this one with with Cratch? That was uh, no. I, I, I think um, the the one thing that uh, Cratch is not counting for is the long term travel costs, and he, uh, he's right that you know right now you you wouldn't be saving a, a ton of money because you still have to pay, pay out scholarships and, and and student meals and 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 uh, coaching salaries, but long term you know I, I, it it might make sense. Uh, all these schools do have uh, projected budgets for, for for you know five ten years down the line. Rutgers included. I've seen those documents, and and um, you know no no one knows what, uh, you know when when we're going to be able to get out of this. So um, again, Pat Hobbs has, has kind of uh, you know at, at least publicly has said that you know that's you know it's not a consideration at this point. Um, but we're talking about the worst case doomsday scenario of not getting that TV money, of not getting that twenty twenty five million dollar check from the Big Ten, and you know not getting those ticket sales and not getting all the other things that that that, that they're going to fund the, the the program. You know, I don't think that the university you know is you know is gonna, going to want to bail out the athletics program. You know, that's already subsidized, uh, you know, some, you know, $30 million annually. I don't think they're going to want to you know, give them another 20, 25 million. So right. um, I think uh, everything is on the table at that point. All right. Anything else we have to cover in true or false? What, what, what we got? Well, I was just going to say, that's why I think the question about, you know, is Rutgers better off than Ohio State is kind of fascinating because, uh, you know, Jonathan Holloway, the new president, when he when they announced the decision, they basically go remote only in the fall. He, you know, said we're not we're not reducing tuition because that's what we need to be a world class university. So I asked the university, "What about the student 
athletic fee, what Rutgers, I believe, Sarge fiscal year 2019 pocket $12 million in that. Yeah. The university, of course, said, oh, we've made no decisions yet. But oh, they're, they're charging they're students that. They're collecting that money. They're collecting that money. There is no <laughs> doubt. That's what I'm saying. So, like, <laughs> if Rutgers is going to be Mark Killingsworth is on line one. Mark Killingsworth so is on line so, one right now. <laughs> my point is, my point is, if you're the university and you've got to make sure you keep every dime coming in, by, you can't really – maybe Rutgers Athletics still gets a lot of those dimes, and maybe it all kind of cobbles together, and maybe they are – you know, like Ohio State is Ohio State, but like a school like, I don't know, like Purdue, they don't necessarily have a gigantic alumni base. They might be in worse position. And the other thing, too, that I'm intrigued to see is that – can Rutgers tell the Big Ten because of our of our deal when we left the American to join the league? You got to pay us something. We, you know, there was no pandemic clause in our onboarding process. So I almost wonder if Rutgers might have a case to say, no, even if there's no football, you got to pay us this amount of money that we were supposed to make as a member of the American. Right. The reason I put Ohio State in there is because they, they probably have a $60, $70 million bigger budget than for, for, yes. I mean, Purdue and Rutgers. I mean, that's, and they're going to lose 80,000 people in, a, in that state in the, in the shoe for seven games. That's an, an enormous amount of money. That While Rutgers, of course, as guys you mentioned, get, gets, you know, gets its uh, subsidy no matter what happens. So uh, sorry for you say that's not valid. You also said false to that one. Yeah, um, only because, um, you know, Rutgers, you know, it is such a hot button issue, you know, year in, year out, that if all of a sudden uh, there's another bailout for the athletics program, you're going to see, you know, a complete, um, you know, the faculty has been kind of a a thorn in the the side, uh, so to speak. It's not what it was, you know, in early 2000 when there was Rutgers 1000. You know, right now there, there's a murmuring. They'll, they'll put out a resolution every now and then. You'll see Mark Killingsworth every once in a while come up with a, a you know, you know, some some statement. You know, that's you know, they're 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 throwing it in their side right now. If if all of a sudden you're bailing out the athletics program with another twenty million dollars, you're going to see a complete when when keep in mind you're you're laying off adjunct professors and you're doing all the other things that would come along with it. You're going to see a complete revolt. All right, let's dive into the Rickers Insider questions. Guys, i got to thank all of you for sticking with us on uh, NGA.com yes. backslash text. Uh, we're going to have some announcements soon on, on how we're going to – I know some questions about subscriber content and what we're doing with that. We'll have some clarity soon. But for the meantime, thank you for, for sticking with us. And your questions, as always, are great. Um, uh, here's one. Uh, love the podcast. Could you tell me what the team is doing now? Are the quarterbacks throwing? Are they running plays? I assume no contact yet. Uh, Cratch, what are the Scarlet Knights doing? So today was the first day. I'm assuming, yes, Monday the 13th was when the NCAA said they were going to allow mandatory on-campus workouts, which would mean that the coaches could have more you know, participation as opposed to no participation with the previous summer workouts. Now, the Big Ten has mandated that everything remains voluntary. So the players that are on campus presumably – can now continue to work out, lift weights, train following all the protocols, and they can have more contact with the coaches at the facility. I think they can start to do a little bit of football drills. And then I believe at the end of the month, we'll get into this two-week kind of walk. They have walkthroughs and then formal training camp. 
if we get that far, would begin, I think, like August 5th or so. Um, I think this is basically basic, you know, summer football stuff. They don't have team meetings in person. Uh, they, they do all that stuff on Zoom, but that's what they're doing. I mean, I think the quarterbacks have been throwing on their own for a while. So, uh, you know, quarterbacks have been throwing on their own for a while now. So I, I think that that's all kind of getting into gear. All right, another good one here. Uh, this one's good for you, I think, uh, Sarge. Uh, what is up with this new president? Seems like he is looking at having 5 to 10% students back on campus when there's so many other schools that are opening completely and many more that are opening with 50% of students. Um, so I'm just curious, do you think he's making the right – number one, do you think he's making the right decision? And number two, just give me some impressions. I mean, the guy, he, he, the few times he's spoken publicly, seems like he is like a rock star to me. I mean, he's like very polished. He's, yeah. he's the perfect, I mean, given what's going on in the country on the other major story of 2020, you know, uh, the racial divide in, in the country, I, I just can't imagine a better choice right now. Overall, what are your impressions? And do you think he's doing the right thing with, uh, with, what's go- with, with the coronavirus? I'll start with the uh, my overall impression because I did interview him, um, you know, at one point when he first uh, was hired, and he was very impressive. Um, and you know, reading the the uh, Adam Clark story and a few other uh, you know videos have, have surfaced. I mean, he's very very impressive when it comes to you know just having a level head head and and just seems seems to be a very practical thinker when it comes to to all of this. Um, as far as doing the right thing. Look, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of these decisions were made in, in, in you know, late May, early June, when New Jersey numbers were, were really, really bad. Um, and and I, I think he, uh, whether it was uh, President Barchi, who had a lot of uh, influence at, you know, at that time, and, you know, and I'm sure Jonathan Holloway was, was consulting as well. I think they were both, you know, Talking to state leaders uh, like uh, you know Ju- uh, Judy uh, Persichelli and, and 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 Governor Murphy, and I think they were trying to be as conservative when it comes when it came to opening up the campus to full capacity as possible. Um, you know, w- w- with that in mind, I think they were you know looking at any um, class that could be done remotely. Let's do it remotely. Um, you know, some classes obviously, whether it was like, you know labs, whether it was. Uh, you know, Mason Gross, you know, you know, if you're a theater, theater student, you really can't uh, do, do your, your stuff remote learning. You have to be in the theater. Uh, so all that type of stuff, uh, you know, I don't think there was any way around it. Uh, it was other, it was either uh, welcome them back or, you know, cut those classes entirely. No one wanted to do that. So ultimately, I think he, you know, again, going back to when these decisions ha- had to be made, I think it was the right call. All right, Cratch, this one's more for you. Um, you know, I'm psyched on the moves that Chiano is making. Is Rutgers football being seriously considered or as a, as a front runner for any of the four or five star prospects? I know this is usually Todrick's territory, but have you got the sense that, you know, Chiano's recruiting has been at a very good level so far? Is he going to take it to the next level? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely in the mix for, you know, uh, Esteem, Vandemart, the guys at St. Joe's. I believe, you know, they've. Kyrie Banton, I believe, is a four-star with some services. You know, Tywon Malone is going to be kind of the big star, the defensive tackle at Bergen Catholic. They're definitely in the mix for these guys. I just think the question is going to be, can they close it out? You know, and if it, if it doesn't happen in the 2021 cycle, it's happened in 2022. I mean, it's going to be kind of fascinating. And we talk about whether it's going to be a season or not. Um, 
I think how is that kind of impact the situation? I mean, I, I can't imagine that Greg Schiano is a would be against continuing to recruit at zero and zero. Oh man, there's no one in the world who would who who would benefit more from no college football season than Greg Schiano. But and then as I as I wrote last week when they made the decision, if there's a Big Ten only schedule, you know, Rutgers has to accept the reality that you know you might be trying to close out that 2021 class with zero and ten on the ledger. Yeah, because yeah. I don't like. I think I I think if there had been a full season, if this had never happened, we wish. I think there's a very good chance Rutgers would have started three and zero, and this place would you know, the town would have been on fire, and everyone you know, it would have just been this magical beginning. And even if Rutgers had lost nine straight Big Ten games from there, the good vibes of beating Syracuse, of beating Temple, would have kind of cushioned everything, and. At the end of the year, you see, you would have been three or nine or four and eight. You've been well on your way to turning this thing around. And now you're point. looking at a, yeah. at the, the the you know gauntlet of a Big Ten week after week playing Big Ten teams would be. And then you know you might get Northwestern added to the schedule, but you might get Wisconsin added to the schedule. So I just think if they play a Big Ten only schedule, everyone would be very happy because there would have been football. But man, it it could get really rough for Rutgers. I just still, I just have a hard. Even having this conversation, I find myself tuning out because there's not going to be football. <laughs> I just find myself doing it every every time we have it. I mean, but but you're right to that point. It could be very difficult. Sarge, you agree with me that that Greg Chiano would be difficult take, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the football mean, junkie. I don't want to say that. I mean, you know, but from a standpoint of uh, bolstering the program and not having that that you know potential three and nine two and eight uh, two and ten uh, worst case scenario um, you know record on, on you know on, on on his resume absolutely I think uh, you know he'll be able to gain momentum and and you know and Todrick has written it I think we've talked about it before in the podcast uh, there is a you know general feeling and I think we're we're, we're seeing it by by the early signs of the recruiting that this pandemic is going to ca- cause re- uh, recruits to uh, you know, uh, consider more more than ever staying closer to home. So, I mean, if that's the case, New Jersey recruiting, you know, I mean, New Jersey is one of the top, you know, probably five or six states, you know, when it comes to football recruits on an annual basis, you would have to think that Rutgers would be, uh, you know, set there as well. All right, we got a, got a few more. Bob from Carolina gave, he had, he had nine different observations, big, huge, actually 10 10 different uh, observations in his text back to us. I can't go through them all, but he says he's 76 and, and he's going through football withdrawal. I understand where he's coming from there. Um, uh, there's really not even a question here. I'm going for this. Um, yeah, Bob has a lot of things to say. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your, your thoughts. Uh, here was a good comment. Why not bring Chuck Willery on the pod? He's got the inside scoop on everything, apparently. I chuckled at that. You gotta love you gotta love the world now when you wake up and like, why is Chuck Woolery trending? And then you'll find out <laughs> then you'll find out and you just wanna shoot yourself in the forehead. Um what else we got? Uh, it's just about it here. Oh, here's a good one that I had. That, do you think Rutgers men's soccer can achieve, achieve the recruiting greatness Rutgers women's soccer has shown recently? I have no idea. Kratz, you have an opinion on this? I Yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm look. They certainly can. I think Jim McElderry did a really good job in year one. He clearly, you know, knows what he's doing. Uh, but I would just say that you know, and I think that 
all of Rutgers, you know, women's sports kind of benefit from this. There's just stronger infrastructure and more opportunities for young female athletes in New Jersey and, and in the Northeast than there are elsewhere. And I think a lot of these, you know, I, I know definitely I experienced this when I, when I when the field hockey made the runs of the NCAA tournament two years ago. These kids look at it as they're excited to come to Rutgers. They have, they have a positive image of Rutgers because – they have done a lot of, you know, their youth clinics and camps and competitions there. And they realize, hey, I can be close to home and play in the Big Ten, which is, you know, a prime conference for both sports. So I think men's soccer probably has to battle a little bit more of that, especially since the Big East programs are strong and the ACC and other leagues like that. All right, gentlemen, that's all the questions I have. Either of you guys have any final thoughts before we sign off, which would could be I'm going on vacation, so it's going to be at least two weeks before we have another one. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping. I don't want anyone to have the impression that that I'm a doomsayer or like yeah. I, that I'm not rooting. I'm re, I am rooting as hard as anyone for a college football season. There's nothing I'd mm-hmm. rather be doing. On, you know, come the first week of September than than getting ready to, to to write about Rutgers, Ohio State, or Rutgers, Michigan, or whoever. But it's just I'm, I'm also a realist when it comes to this, and none of the signs look uh, you know promising. I'm totally. With I will, you. Yep. Go ahead, Craig. If when you when we tape this next, I think, and I was, we're not going to tape it next week. If there's not a full Big Ten schedule released by Tuesday of next week, so that would be the 21st. I will start to think the Big Ten doesn't even think they're going to play football because so I thought it was kind of telling that. On one hand, I understand they want it because I, I do think that you know Kevin Warren, Pat Fitzgerald, I do think that there is some a little bit of a fear factor that they're trying to impress upon people. This is serious. If you, we don't start getting better, we're not going to play football. So I do think that's part of it. But I did think it was kind of curious that they made this big announcement and they didn't have the schedule ready to go. Because I think that would have shown a little bit of confidence, and maybe that's not what they were aiming for. Yeah. But if we get two weeks out, two weeks after the decision, and we still don't have a full Big Ten slate and we still don't know how it's going to work, then I'm going to start to think this is like postponing media days and then saying you're going to have a digital media day. You don't ever plan to actually follow through with, with the second adjustment. Right, right. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think what, what Pete Thamel said about this was absolutely correct, that it, felt, it does feel like the half measure that, well, we're not going to have fans in the NCAA tournament. And then, then a week later, there was no NCAA tournament. That, that could be what we're heading for with the conference-only schedule. Um, gentlemen, I enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll have more clarity then, and we'll talk about what happened. Thanks. Thanks.